What's up, our friends? Hello there. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. Of our best days. My name is John. My name's Arvin. We're talking about so many fun things this season. We're in Absolutely. season four. Season four. We're eager. Can you guys do a silent golf clap for us for season four? Unless you're driving. Woo! Don't. As you're driving, Pull hands the car off the over steering wheel. And then or, yeah, 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 yeah. Pull the car yeah, over Yeah, do not clap. drive with your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that only once. I hear I it's unsafe. I do it every day. Okay. I do it every well, day. Well, <laughs> there we go. We love starting off season four with honesty. Honesty. That's okay. Right. <laughs> so honesty, honestly, this per, the, this production, this podcast yeah. is me and Arvin. We work here within the creative department at Victory. That's right. There is this this department called the U. That's right. And it's in the shape of a U. And one of our producers, Caleb Taranzo, he also is in there over our film. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's in the shape of a U. We oversee all of the print, design, website, um, app development, yeah. online church, productions, conferences, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of those things. So yeah. we get it, we're involved in that. Arvin is involved with over the live production from the cameras to the lighting yeah. to the audio visual. Sure. Yeah. It's so we are very grateful. So we work behind Definitely. the scenes. So this podcast is basically talking about behind, behind the, the scenes, scenes of what victory is. Um, not that those of you who don't attend victory or could care less about victory or maybe hate victory. This actually, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for victory. tuning in. Even if you hate us, um, we love haters. Yeah. Um, but, so at Victory, before any chapel service that we yeah. do at the school, the camp, That's the right. college, or a service yeah. um, in a church service, we have a Victory Confession, and yeah. it says... It says, um, among other things, it says, my best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me, which we love, agree with, live on, stand on, all that good stuff. We also recognize that every single person... No matter how great the best days are, no matter how bestie the best days are, um, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. But uh, no matter what, there are, is a behind the scenes of every best day. And so, yeah, especially in today's about. world with um, and I know you guys have heard this a billion times in sermons about sure. like, you know, people are not always what they post. But mm -hmm. on social media, yeah. you know, it. why would someone post a mundane thing unless if they're like very moody and sure. they're like doing it on purpose to yeah. be like on the nose like to whatever. make it not mundane anymore. to make it not yeah. mundane yeah, yeah yeah but no one everyone posts their best days but yeah. we know that there is a behind the scenes of that absolutely so that's what this this podcast talks about ministry business organizations but yeah. through the lens of behind the scenes right so today our um concept and what we're diving in with is we're going to start off with fuel for beginners. Yes, this has been a conversation that we started yesterday that hasn't stopped because it's very intriguing. Uh, I have questions about it. John brought it up and has really hope helpful things that I hope you'll jump into. Um, but you were just about we were talking about longevity and yes. the difference between fuel at the beginning versus fuel in the middle, and then someday we'll find out about fuel at the end. Yeah, because we're not there yet. No, we're not. I Thank can't God, because to our know. best days are right in front of us. There exactly. you go. <laughs> All right, so, so this is going to yeah. be a single. Okay, so basically, yeah. fuel for beginners. Some of you may have this. Um, I know I had it. Yeah. And, and, and in certain aspects of my life, I still do. Fuel for beginners is people... Um, there is power in being underestimated. Yeah. There is power in being undervalued mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because people use that as a chip on their shoulder, yeah. which, 
growing up, I ate that chip because I was very large. Um, anyway, same, same. I still enjoy chips. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I still eat chips. So, but people take it as a chip on their shoulder, and then they say this: they make a vow. I'll prove myself. Yes. I'll show them. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. show my doubters, sure. and I'm going to achieve and hike the summit. Um, you know, I'm going to right. make it to the mountaintop. Right. That is fuel for beginners. Right. You know, what we want to encourage you, looking behind the scenes of your life, um, is that you are going to reach a point in your life to where that fuel yeah. no longer keeps your engine going. Right. Because you're going to make it to that mountaintop. In fact, sure. some people... Um, always on that grind yeah they're they're going to grind themselves to the top that's right working a lot because yeah. they find their value yeah in proving yeah their doubters wrong sure but we we're here to encourage you is yeah. work on improving yourself not proving yourself that's good that's really good i'm gonna say that again yeah. work on improving yourself yeah not proving yourself that's really good the reason why is because there there will be people that you are trying to prove yourself to. Mm -hmm. Again, this is fuel for beginners. Yeah. That maybe they might die. Maybe you're trying to prove to a dad that you're good enough. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. dad dies. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That fuel, you're like, why do I still not feel fulfilled? Yeah. I've I've made a million dollars. Yeah. And I've become successful and I've started five businesses. Yeah. Or I have finally preached my first sermon or I have started a church to prove to that person who said I wasn't a good Christian or I yeah. wasn't a good preacher yeah, yeah, or yeah. I, I, I have stopped being a youth pastor and I'm now a head pastor and mm -hmm. I, or now I'm a worship pastor to prove to those yeah. people that I can do ministry. Right, right, right. That is fuel for beginners because yeah. that fuel runs out big time quickly. The reason yeah. why is because if your fuel is affirmation from people, yeah. Um, you may not get it. And yeah. even if you do, you'll say, man, I thought it would feel differently. Sure. I thought that would fill yeah. me up. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of what we are discussing right now. Right. As far as like there, it was a certain time in my life where, um, I was trying to prove to people. So something that was said mm -hmm. to me, I was an absolute idiot. Um, <laughs> shout out to all the idiots who made bad decisions in college. <laughs> There was a family yeah. that, um, you know, as my brother stepped into pastor, there was a family that told my 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 brother, who is my boss, but also my pastor, yeah. Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley. We yeah. absolutely love Shout them. Out. Hello, they said, love you. John is a liability. Yeah. John should not be in leadership at the church. Man. If he is, we are going to pull our tithes. That's insane. And they were big tithers. Yeah. So now this is a behind the scenes conversation. Yeah, and you're listening. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, have a seat. So this conversation happens in a lot of churches, right? Sure. I've seen it before um, too. Yeah. And so now obviously Paul is a young pastor. Uh -huh. He just took over a church that has been around for 33 years. Yeah. And everyone is like, he already feels like he has to prove himself like I'm just as good as Billy Joe sure, sure. Who, who founded victory. Yeah. So he's feeling this pressure and he's like, Oh my goodness, this person who's older than me, who has kids my age yeah. just said they're going to pull their tithes. Yeah. If, if I, if I promote John, right. which is his brother. Yeah. So now he's in this conundrum. Right. So it got to the point to where, and forever, you know, I owe my life to my brother. Mm. I owe my respect. Mm -hmm. Um, he's my pastor and all, but he 
he said, well, um, I am choosing John yeah. over you. Yeah. He got back to them after a week and I was like, yeah. dude, it took you a week to make that. <laughs> like, Makes it pros and cons. Makes list. pros and cons list. He's like, well, you know, um, no, I'm just kidding. But those, so those people left. Yeah. I remember they left. Yeah. And you know, and here's the thing. They probably were hearing from God in certain things, you know, because they said they felt like God moved them on. Sure. And that's not what the story's about. The story is about me then wanting to prove that I could do ministry. Right. That I wasn't a screw up. And so me getting extra degrees, going back to so Bible So you felt college, motivated by that? I w- used that as fuel. Yeah. I felt motivated to be like, yeah. I'm going to grow this youth group. I'm going to grow. I, I At that point in time, I was transitioning out of being a youth pastor to mm-hmm. um, being over the U, mm-hmm. uh, the creative department. And right. I was like, I'm going to prove that I'm spiritual. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm going to memorize the Bible. So I used that mm-hmm. as fuel. Mm-hmm. And that worked mm-hmm. until... Yeah, I was consistently looking for them yeah. on social media to be like, did they see that I preached and yeah. that I used scripture yeah. as opposed to motivational stories? Right. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, but what I'm saying is, is that wow. I had you begin to outgrow that fuel. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I I had just had this conversation with some people last week where um, it struck me in. Uh, I don't want to get preachy, but this is important. First no, Corinthians, it. it talks about how it says God is able to make you stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned you as his own. That's and one. Identified you, you as identified his own you by placing his Holy Spirit in your heart. Putting the Holy Spirit. So it you struck can. me that uh, the word commission means like I hire you to do something specific. It's a specific calling. God has commissioned each okay. person with a calling, whether it's ministry or not. There's something specific. And it struck me when I read that a few years ago that uh, commission comes first. And I wondered, and I asked God, like, why does it say that for, I imagine identity is more important, especially if you look at the world today, if you look at your own life, your identity matters far more than your calling. Mm. Um, and I'll get into that in a second, but it struck me that commission comes first. And what I believe the Lord communicated to me one way or another over the course of several years was, well, that's how I get your attention. The world doesn't really care about your identity. Ooh. They don't really care about who you are and who you've been and who I've called you to be in, 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 as a person. So you're going to get more uh, attention for what you do. Ooh. And so it's about your accomplishments and your accolades. And then when you get into the realm of the church world and ministry world, that's just as relevant, if not more relevant there. Because now it's not just I want to be a big deal because I have ambition. Now it's like I want to be a big deal because God made me that way. And God wants me to be a big deal. God wants me to preach and all over the world. And this is a negative then, thing. Yeah, well, it, it is uh, not at first. Not at first. Nah, because you have fuel at the beginning and that you're driven to prove that God did call you to do something big. So, so, so maybe your fuel is like, I'm not here to prove people wrong. I'm here to prove God was right. Yes, he was right along. to pick me. I've got this thing. But what I've noticed, especially over the last seven years is that pride is sneaky that's right you mean like a snake in a garden exactly like that i'm just kidding (laughs) no what i've noticed is that uh there's this vast group of people who love the word deconstruction 
And hmm. I have wondered because I even walked through. People this use that as a personality now. That's right. It's your Enneagram it's like, type. What yeah, type are you? I'm type D. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wearing a Carhartt beanie. No, exactly. it's like you know that's not a personality. It's a whole, you could put it on your little uh, bio <laughs> online. No, it's true. People do it. I've seen it. I had a friend just recently walk through this, and after you know decades of being in a ministry family and all this stuff, it all happened this way. And so the questions I had been asking myself since college until now. The reason I'm blown away by the idea of fuel for beginners and when you brought it up yesterday, I was like mesmerized was because that essentially is what's happened is that that beginning fuel that and it's not wrong. Like it wasn't wrong for you to be like, I want to do good at this so that they see that it's just that it's not permanent. That's good. It's not long term. Fuel for beginners is not bad it's just not totally i was a 12 year old kid who was dressing up and mimicking john bevere for like eight years and i were the only 12 year old that i know (laughs) did that i wanted so badly to just be him so i would listen to his sermons about how he would talk to the holy spirit and the way he would talk about god talking to him i'd be like okay i'm gonna do this until i feel like god talks to me the way he talks to john bevere now is that right that's wrong. That's not how you should operate. But that's okay. But that was me being like, I really want what I see this person have. And of course, over the course of years of trying, it became evident. Eventually, when that fuel to be John Bevere ran out, God had fuel for me to be Arvin and was like, I'll talk to you differently. I'll talk to you. It's not going to be the exact same way. So that fuel initially was, I want to get attention. I want people to affirm who I am as a person and I will escape my identity, which I believe is trash by having a severely uh, amazing calling. If people are applauding me in the church, then surely God is too. (laughs) So what I, and I'll land the plane here because I know we have so much on this topic to get into that we have some quotes from Mike Tyson and other people that are really helpful. But something that struck me was when Jesus finds Philip in John 1, uh, he's, and who is Philip? Philip was one of the disciples. Jesus, it's literally says Jesus found Philip. And then when Philip runs off to get his friend Nathaniel involved, he says, I have found Jesus. And he thinks it's his responsibility. And then Ooh, several chapters later, what people don't recall is that Philip left his hometown of Bethsaida to go to Galilee on the other side, because it's a bigger city. And Jesus takes them right back to Bethsaida. And it literally, it's only the only place in the New Testament that I've seen this, where he says, um, it says he was testing Philip for he knew what he was about to do. I've never seen it say that about on any other person. He was testing Philip for he knew what he was about to do. So he looks at Philip and says, um, hey, uh, how are we going to feed all 5,000 of these families? That happens in Bethsaida. And Philip goes, well, the economy here is like this. We're going to have to work for several months, et cetera, et cetera. He brings Philip back to the place where his identity was the most uh, harmed in his childhood. And he brings a little boy up and says, watch what I do with this kid. This is what you know what I mean? So he revisits the identity. So he revisits. So the boy with the five loaves and two fishes. Are you saying that that he was like, Philip, see yourself in this boy? Yeah. Because Philip was that little boy who didn't have enough. So I'm not trying to preach a sermon here. What I'm trying to get at is that the fuel you run off of at the beginning that is motivated by calling is going to run out. Eventually, you have to revisit identity. And identity-driven fuel is what... 
the middle is all about, as far as I know. As far as we know. Yeah. And so you said that in that, was it Colossians or Corinthians? It's in 1 Corinthians. So first Corinthians, you said commissioned. Yeah. And then second, you said identity. Identified. And then the last one? It says he's done both of those things by putting the Holy Spirit in your heart. He's done both of them by the yeah. Holy Spirit in your heart. So whether you believe in the Holy Spirit or not, it is something to like Google and research on. Yeah. Because that is a diving board of like deep water. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. One thing with fuel for beginners is that have you ever been excited about starting something because you have been motivated or sure. inspired? Sure. sure. What I've realized is that inspiration and motivation is great. Sure. It's fuel for beginners. Totally. Discipline yeah. is fuel for the middle. That's right. Because anyone can start anything. 100%. Yeah. You know, the fact that we are on season four mm -hmm. is a miracle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have multiple friends that have started podcasts. Right. Same. Right? Yeah. And, and they're still not going to. It doesn't yeah. mean that ours is good. <laughs> right. But it's consistent. But at least we're consistent. But it's still here. But it's still here. That's right. And when we're 85. It will still be. We are going to be on season <laughs> 104. Yeah, yeah. And Taranzo is still That's going right. to be here producing, <laughs> shaking his head, you know, anyway, yeah. falling asleep. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I love it. Um, no, but I think that establishing discipline is saying this is now who I am. For instance, with um, <laughs> this is a silly example, mm. but whenever I was in middle school, I got inspired and motivated by some detective movies. Yeah. And me, oh, Paul, yeah. and our friend in, in the neighborhood, we started a detective agency. Yes, yes. To where, we, you know, and I've talked about this, I think, in season one or season two, yeah. I can't remember. But we were so bent on it that we worked on it for 10 hours. And when I say worked on it, how much can you work on a detective agency <laughs> at the age? And we would go and we, we form, <laughs> I printed up, um, uh, I printed up flyers nice, and went door to door. Yeah. And it said, we'll solve any crime by dinner time. I love it. Which is a bold statement. <laughs> any crime. Any crime. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And yeah. we charged $2. <laughs> Like we were literally the Such little a good rascals, deal. yeah. Such but a it good is deal. a good deal for a mystery. Totally. Oh like, my gosh. You know, today yeah. I was like, I would cash app someone two dollars to solve some yeah. mysteries. The American like, taxpayer pays way more than two dollars yeah. to solve crime. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it was one summer to where we went around, and my dad was like, "If this doesn't work out, you're mowing yards." <laughs> He's like, show me your books. How much is how much are you making? That's and funny. he was just like, okay, this That's is so the funny. summer where we decide, yeah. you know, if this is going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went around, <laughs> and this lady was like, well, I'll pay you two dollars today yeah. if you can get back to me by the end of dinner time. My trees are dying. Oh, and so I go, hmm. Let me take some samples. <laughs> so I go over with a pocket knife. Samples of what? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this is so cringe. I love it. But I, I took it. a Ziploc bag yeah. and with um you it's know precious. the nail clippers yeah. that 100%. have like the switchblade and totally. can opener. Yeah. Not yeah. switchblade. What was it? Pocket mean. knife? Yeah. Yeah. Very dull. It yeah. took me ten minutes to get a <laughs> yeah. bark scraping. Yeah. Took some bark, put it in a Ziploc bag, handed it to my accomplice. Yeah. And I was like, um, Nick, let's go back to the lab. Um, <laughs> so we go back to my room. I bought a chemistry set. Oh, nice. You invested. Um, yeah, no, yeah. total investment for mystery solving. <laughs> go back 
you know, um, I just am like putting chloroform yeah. and like, like biotin yeah, and yeah. and just weird stuff. <laughs> biotin. No, I did not know what I was no, doing. No, that's funny. But my brother and two other friends were there, so I yeah. was like, "Let's go a little dab of this, a little." Dab. Yeah. And I'm putting it on the tree bark, and yeah. I am like, "Well, what do you yeah. guys think?" And then they're like, <laughs> they I go, love it. and then they're like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Let's go back." So magnifying glass on the tree, <laughs> I saw some mold. Yeah, on the tree. So I go back to the lady yeah. and I was like, um, I think we know why your trees are dying. Yeah. Um, there's mold on them. Yeah. And she goes, yes, I can see that. Right. And she, and I go, and I just put my hand out <laughs> and I go, that'll be $2. Yeah. And she goes, she just laughed at me <laughs> and she goes, okay. And she goes, how old are you? Yeah. And I go 13, ma'am. Yeah. And she just shook her head <sighs> and then shut the door. Oh. And after that, I thought, you know, I was so inspired to yeah. be a detective <laughs> and, but I was very disheartened because of how she treated me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to prove to her. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> so I cut that tree. Down. So I cut that tree down. Um, I'm just kidding. No, no I did that's not. Worth but yeah. things like that is that obviously that detective agency lasted a week and a half out of my summer. Nice. And then my dad was like, you're going to mow yards. Yeah. You know, and that was a lot more consistent, even though I didn't like it. It sure. was like, okay, but at least this is money. Yeah. Yeah. But he, his whole thing was like, and he goes, you don't have to like mowing yards, but you need to understand the discipline of doing something, right. getting money and then figuring out how to save that money, how to tithe off that sure, money sure, sure. and then how to spend that money. And yeah. He's like, I don't care what you spend it on. It's just the discipline of the thing. Yeah. So anyways, that was the thing. Well, certain people have this january mindset when uh -huh. it comes to working out that's right where they go all in and they go to the gym two hours a day they sure. text four of their friends yeah. and they go hey us four bros let's hit bench today yeah and they they're there for two and a half hours yeah and they yeah. get a good workout in and they're cramping up yeah. and they're like looking at their triceps in the mirror and yeah. they're not you know and you're yeah, like sure. what are you doing yeah and then they're like i'm gonna start buying creatine and pre-workout and eating sure. peanut butter before bed sure that the right. whole spiel yeah Beginning and then after three weeks, yeah, their bros can't show up at three thirty p.m. Right. in the afternoon at a gym, and all of a sudden it's them, mm -hmm. and then they find themselves most of the time scrolling through Instagram, sitting on a pec deck, and someone goes, "Are you going to use this?" Right, and then they're like, "Um, yeah," and then they're like, "Didn't get a good workout in today. I just hit five sets of pec deck, and then <laughs> called it a day. You know, yeah. thought I'd." get some rest and recovery yeah and, yeah and then they stop working out no it's true like this is a telltale sign of so many people right to where it is unique to see someone's journey to where they say i am going to work i'm going to work out yeah. for 10 minutes yeah. i'm going to go on a walk yeah and for two weeks they go on a walk for mm -hmm. 10 minutes and at the end of the 10 minutes they stop Sure. Even if they have more energy, they stop. Yeah. And then after the third week, they go, now I'm going to work out three times a week, but I'm only going to work out for five minutes. Mm -hmm. You see how you're building longevity and discipline, yeah. not based on your inspiration or motivation right. or what playlist that you're listening sure, to. Sure, sure. It's okay to have the fuel for beginners to yeah. be inspired by looking at an Arnold Schwarzenegger magazine, sure. but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And so at a certain point, you need to say, I'm going to work out because this is who I am. Exactly. Like I, I tie my shoes in the morning 
because that's who I am. Like right. I'm not going to walk around with untied shoes. No, exactly. It's the same mindset when it comes, you begin to move to discipline. Yeah. And this is what I've realized when it comes to those people who are graphic designers, if you are a worship leader or if you are a preacher or anyone who works behind the scene, anyone who does anything. Sure. It used to be what was said was it's not about it's not about um what you do, it's how great you do it. Yeah, yeah. I would argue to yeah. say it is no longer about how great you do things. Yeah. It is what sets you apart mm -hmm. is how long yeah. you can do great. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's no longer about how well you do things. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't set you apart anymore yeah. because there's so many talented people out there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were wanting to continue to advance, it is yeah. how long you can do well. Yeah. That is what sets you apart. Absolutely. Because consistency and commitment. Yeah is no longer really found in places. Yeah. You look anywhere and something that is long-term now is three years. Wow. Yeah. Like three years is long-term. Absolutely. You know, you see an epidemic of, I mean, I went through a divorce. You see an epidemic of divorces mm -hmm. um, in the church, outside of the church. Yeah. And whether you got a divorce or not, that's not, I'm not here to bash on no, you. Sure. I, I'm, I, w I went through one. Yeah. But it's like, it is... It is insane when someone stays married mm. for 20 years. Yeah. But 20 years ago, sure. everyone was married for 20 years. Sure. Yeah. Like more people were. Yeah. But I think people just have to learn that their fuel has to change yeah. seasonally. Definitely. In order for mm -hmm. like, th this is my goal. And, mm -hmm. and those of you who are listening or watching, I want your goal to be longevity. Yeah. You're in this for the long haul. Yeah. And Arvin, you brought up um, Mount Everest, the summit. Right. Absolutely. I want you to talk about that yeah. because this is the goal. The goal mm -hmm. is I want to do this forever. Yeah. Like what we do right, right now, currently what we are doing, we're recording season four of Behind the Scenes of Our Best Days in the summer of 2022. Yeah. Like the reason why we're able to do this is because number one, Caleb Taranzo is a great helper in producing this yeah and he is consistent he, being here on wednesday mornings yeah but also we have decided mm -hmm. what is something that won't stress me and arvin out mm -hmm. and what is an a structure or system that we can do yeah. this forever yeah, yeah yeah to where we enjoy it even if we only have one listener sure because our goal is not let's blow this thing up no, our goal sure. is consistency right and sooner or later people are going to catch on sure right now in this season yeah we are doing christmas production easter production and a fall film yeah so we have three projects three creative projects a year that's not even counting the yeah. other stuff that the U does with father's day mother's day patriotic stories of victory right conference videos yeah creative elements yeah. like that's not even counting that yeah so right now we're hitting these three things a year right there's going to come a day where that is going to shift and change to sure. where we're able to work on larger film projects. Yeah. That's going to happen someday. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to force it. No, exactly. Like there is God. And this is, this comes from, if you believe in what, what, what Arvin talked about the Holy spirit, mm -hmm. the Holy spirit calls you mm -hmm. and then gives you identity. Mm -hmm. And so that same power yeah. is going to help sustain you yeah. and not, and, and you're not going to feel like you're going to have to force something 100%. like yeah. forcing summoning the, the, the summit. So yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about no, that. Yeah. This is an idea that I think the last 
four years. My each year I have like a a concept that I kind of chew on and think around, and there's scripture involved. And uh, the last three four years have have all been about uh, this idea of there's a summit involved in my life. What I want to get to, what I'm climbing toward, not climbing a ladder, but um, the whole idea. And we've talked about it on the podcast before is about how God. When Noah built the ark, God flooded the earth and then set him down on top of Mount Ararat. But he had at one point taken him 15 feet higher, according to Genesis 7, 15 feet higher than Mount Everest, meaning that he he got him all the way up there. He never had to climb it. Mm. But <clears throat> one thing that's Hold on, hold me, on. I just want those of you who are listening yeah. to understand what Arvin just said. Yeah. God flooded the earth. Obviously, there was lots of death there and carnage stuff involved. Going on. Yeah. But... There was also warnings and stuff. It was a okay. bonkers time in human history. Yeah. 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 But God called Noah a dude yeah. to do something insane. Right. And Noah obeyed God right. out of the calling. Yeah. And through that, mm-hmm. Noah did not have to climb the mountain. Yeah. God flooded the earth took him and up there. took him. Yeah. Above the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is for someone who's listening right now. Yeah. Those of you who, who have enough self-awareness know mm-hmm. that, that that can be confirmation for someone who's listening. Yeah. Okay. There are going. a lot of people who will climb toward the goal they have in their life, whether it's a specific type of marriage or a specific, let's be honest, everyone wants a specific type of life. Now that for varies sure. on what it is, but everyone has it. And so what I've realized is there are a lot of people who are doing that, climbing and competing for that, but no one's building arcs and just mm. like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to knock down that tree, I'm going to break up that and log. And what does the arc do- represent in, in our lives? I think, I mean, it, it'll vary, but what it boils down to is the God-given identity you have. Are you working on that? Mm. Are you paying attention to that? Are you paying attention to your motivations? You know, I sit down with a therapist a couple times a month and we're talking less about what I'm doing in my life and more about why I'm going after it. And that's going to determine the longevity. So the, the, the <sighs> thing good. I've landed on recently, I read a story about a guy named Beck Weathers who died on Everest and then came back to life and walked down the mountain, which oh is my it's an unbelievable story. But something he shared about in his climbing career is that the majority of deaths, I think it's like one out of every three people who attempt one out of three or one out of five. So 20 or 30% of the people who try to climb Everest, who pay the $200,000 in licensing fees and training. And they do all the training. They do all that stuff. And they set goals for the top of the mountain. They want to summit. And then the reality is 99% of the people who die on Everest die on the way down. Whoa! They get to the summit, or they get close. They to They achieve it. the goal. They get there when they when, what they want to do, That's and then deep. they turn. There was one guy in particular. <clears throat> I think his name was Charles, and uh, one year he tried to summit and he couldn't, and the weather was too bad at the top, so he had to come back down. And the next year he was obsessed with getting to the top, and he finally got up there. And in the book he said that he got there on the very top of the mountain, twenty nine thousand feet. And he turned around, he looked down the mountain, he goes, I have nothing left. And he died. His body's still on Mount Everest. So it's like, I've just seen a lot of people. I grew up admiring a lot of people who the summit for me was ministry success. And uh, they got there and they turned around and they looked at their family and they were like, I have nothing left. Or they got to the certain mm. version of their life that they wanted. And then they looked at the journey ahead or the next challenge. I mean, you know, you're fatigued and exhausted when something that's not a massive output, you're like, it doesn't matter. Like 
half a mile is not a far distance, but if you have no gas, you're not going to get there. It doesn't wow. matter. You know? So. so so he got to the top with fuel for beginners. Yeah. Instead Turned around. of fuel for the journey. Yeah, and he was out. So most people died on the way down. And yeah. that is something that I think is a great question to ask ourselves. All of the, the you who are watching and listening is yeah. like, am I going off fuel for beginners still? Again, it's not bad. Right. But it's just, it's not permanent. Right, exactly. And it's not sustainable exactly. for a lifetime. Exactly. At a certain point, you move over to mm -hmm. fuel for the journey. Yeah. And fuel for the journey is sometimes it looks like Mm -hmm. Two steps forward, one step back, mm -hmm. but you still took a step. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you've made a decision mm -hmm. that, okay, I'm going to build the ark. Yeah. And then God is going to have to do the stuff that I can't do. Exactly. And if I try to force it, yeah, I may make it happen. Yeah. But I may die on the way down. Yeah. And how many people do we know that you can look on Twitter, Instagram, sure. even TikTok or on the news, yeah. um, Facebook or anything of people who have achieved something mm -hmm. and then theoretically or literally mm -hmm. have died on the mountaintop. That's right. And I don't think that's our goal. No. Like the behind yeah. the scenes of someone's best days is think about the person that you look up to the most, an yeah. actor, an actress, a musician, yeah. a pastor, a minister or a speaker. Society makes them celebrities. Sure. And when you talk to them, you know, I, I know I've talked to certain, whatever you would call them, celebrity pastors. Sure. They don't even like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. If they're healthy. <laughs> if they're healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's true. Well, the ones that I've talked to, no, thank course. God, in, today, a, in today's age, yeah, there's plenty they're kind of, of like, they're just shrugs and yeah. they're like, yeah. honestly, I just want to be a good husband, a good dad. Yeah. And just be yeah. okay with preaching each weekend. Right. But society has made them a celebrity. Sure. And when society does that, it's like those people who say Hosanna to God in the highest when Jesus mm -hmm. is on the donkey. Yeah. And then three days later, they're saying crucify, crucify him. him. Yeah. It's like society makes heroes mm -hmm. and then crucifies them totally. all the time. Yeah. And so I think that fame is definitely a very scary mountaintop. And maybe your mountaintop is not fame. Sure. But... It is something to where it's like, what does fuel for the journey look like? Fuel for the journey, I believe, is in is in that middle. Yeah. And you guys have probably heard certain people or even speak about um, uh, the Colonel KFC guy. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. What's his name? Uh, I think it's the Colonel. Colonel. The Colonel. That's yeah. his first and last name. <laughs> um, uh, but <laughs> Colonel Sanders, I think. Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot his but first name. But you guys have heard the story. Is that he started KFC when he was 75. That's crazy. Yeah. So imagine for 74 years knowing that you have something special mm -hmm. that you feel like is there. Imagine for 74 years yeah. not having gratification. Mm -hmm. And then at 75, yeah. your arc rises above the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I'm not saying that God made KFC. Sure. I mean, he could have. Yeah. It's pretty good. We're grateful for it. Yeah, him. we're yeah. grateful. Yeah. Um, but maybe he made church's chicken. <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corny. Um, I love it. But anyways, I just think that that is something to continue to ask yourself as you yeah. look the behind the scenes of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think it's important to post your best days. Sure. Obviously, you don't want to post disheveled pictures of yourself. <laughs> you want to post yourself, 
you know, like nice and prettied up. You right. want to feel good about yourself. Sure. I totally believe in that. Right. But looking at behind the scenes of it is that, okay, why am I doing this? It's okay to investigate that. Yeah. Investigate it yeah. just to make sure that is my rhythm and my pace. Mm -hmm. Like, is it fuel for the journey? hundred percent. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, and, and just knowing that anyone can start something. Yeah. And another thing is that, you know, one thing that you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh -huh. which I don't know where that quote came from. Yeah. But that is some sad family. That's a sad family <laughs> um, for who made up that quote. Yeah. But this is the last thing I say yeah. is that there are some individuals that I think um, that maybe hit their peak or what they would think is their peak. Sure. And they're still alive today. Yeah. And they're just not as well known. Sure. This is one thing I want to let, I want everyone to understand this, is that your life, as you move into the God's identity, mm -hmm. your life will become about what is important and, and maybe not as much as what is impressive. Mm -hmm. Because what others think is impressive Mm -hmm. may not be what's important to you in this season. Yeah. And that's okay yeah. if you are not on the platform. Sure. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Is that there is someday where a player becomes a coach yeah. and is no longer on the field, but right. is on the sidelines. Sure. There is someday that I remember my mom, a difficult thing is that she led worship and she was over victory worship. Mm -hmm. Now um, she is no longer involved in that, mm -hmm. but she's on the front row worshiping mm -hmm. and every once in a while she'll have a meeting with them about what is the heart of worship. Yeah. But you know, there was tears and conversation whenever my dad had a conversation with my mom, pastor mm -hmm. Sharon Doherty, the founding pastor. And here's the thing. She has every right to go up there and grab the microphone sure. and being like, I'm going to lead this, this song. Mine, celebrate yeah. Christo, celebrate. Mm. Ba, yeah. ba, 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 <laughs> yeah. And go throw it back. Yeah. She has every right to do that, but she doesn't. Right. And I do have respect for her is that she said it did hurt my feelings because I thought they were farming me out to pasture. Hmm. And I was like, mom, you're not a cow. Yeah. She's like, well, I feel like one. Oh man. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. that emotion is real. Yeah. But mom, your life is not leading worship on a stage. That's right. Your life is being a grandma to 16 grandkids, wow. to being over our prayer ministry, yeah. to teaching in our Bible college. Yeah. And she has a Sunday night. It started out as a connect group, but it's basically yeah. a service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's like a hundred people that go to her connect totally, group, quote totally. unquote. Yeah. That she does every Sunday night, talks yeah. about the gifts of the spirit, yeah. the end times, you know, where people are at and, and government issues and stuff according to the word of God. Yeah. And she is definitely living her best life now. Yeah. But there was a season where it did sting because she had to re-go back to what is my identity? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you are at that season in your life to where you're feeling the sting of mm -hmm. why am I no longer, you know, in the spotlight, mm -hmm. guess what? That means nothing because your identity was never the spotlight. Yeah. Absolutely. And who's to say that there's not another version of that. Sure. 
in an, in another season of your life. Totally. Every single person who is listening right now mm-hmm. to this season four is that there is a version of yourself that you have not met yet. That's true. There's yeah. a version of yourself that you have not met yet. That's true. I encourage you to investigate and ask God who that is. Totally. And we can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening Appreciate today. You guys. Absolutely. We hope you liked it. And if you hated it, press like anyways. <laughs> we are very grateful for you. Yeah. And um, we have a Victory Productions YouTube yeah. that we would love for you guys to check out where yeah. we are uploading um, videos mm-hmm. because, um, you know, we seek your validation and affirmation. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We want to share it with you. We want you we to enjoy share it, it with yeah. you. But there, we upload certain videos of things that we've done in the past mm-hmm. um, creatively here at Victory. Let us know what you think about it. Like and subscribe. Yeah. But hey, we love you. Thank you. We'll we count you. We count it as an honor to be your friends. Yeah. Thanks we'll for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Bye.